You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. Uh, we're going to have a good episode. Uh, they're all good, but uh, we're going to talk about the Mach 1, some pricing information on the Mustang Mach 1, what's going on with my truck. Had a little issue this weekend with it and uh, uh, a bunch of a bunch of stuff. It's going to be uh, it's going to be good. The uh, the ups and downs of of doing custom work on a on a vehicle like my Ford Lightning, but before we get started, tell you about Dodge. Take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. You can drive home any 2020 Challenger, Charger, or Durango and save $10 per horsepower. So if you want to jump in a Charger SRT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower, well, that's 4850 bucks off. The lineup includes the most powerful SUV ever and the 807 horsepower Dodge Challenger SRT Super Stock. This is the, uh, the replacement for the Demon, the Superstock, is amazing. It's more than just power. It's the first domestic brand to rank number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year per J.D. Power. So go to your local Dodge dealer now and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars while it lasts. There's never been a better time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. How you doing, That's Bill? That's a good morning sound, man. I'm good, feeling good. Good morning. I love that big burnout sound. Uh, that was the Dodge, by the way. Speaking of Dodge, it's time for Dodge Power Dollars. That means for each horsepower, you get $10 off your purchase of a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. So come in for Dodge Power Dollars today for an amazing deal. Uh, well, we got some... Uh, had a kind of a fun little weekend, if you will. We uh, <laughs> we went out to uh, I met uh, Adam Corolla out at um, out at the new shop that we've been putting together. You've got your your super garage you're putting together. We've got our shop. We bought a building out here. We're kind of moving it over. You know, everybody's heard us talk about this a little bit. Moving over the kind of the 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 finished car collection. So it's more of a museum and a little less of a working shop. We still have what we call the race shop here. The guys have all their gear, but it's just constantly just a forklift coming in and out and guys welding and painting and, and lots of, uh, lots of machinery that causes a mess. So we thought, Hey, let's, let's get a nice sort of museum type of shop there also for the events that we do and Super Bowl party and watching the games, we wanted a nice kind of area for that. And we were talking about uh, on the other episode about um, about getting the you know getting the staircase done and getting uh, you know the mezzanine built and of course all the bullshit that happens with California and the way they make you overbuild and sit on permits and uh, I'm not I'm not going to waste too much time complaining about that. There's you could tune on Friday and probably get enough of that from Adam. But uh, but I could tell you the staircase is turning out fantastic. I teased it a little bit to you guys on Instagram. I'll post some new photos of it. It's uh, We work with a company called View Rail. Um, they did a great job. Uh, it, it's a floating staircase. It just has this big I-beam kind of uh, spine in the back right down the middle. Uh, big oak steps, all glass on the sides, and then this mezzanine that we built where we'll have, you know, the couch and the big screen and all that. 
Uh, they did glass railing around the whole thing. Turns out that stuff was wildly expensive, but uh, these guys did yes. such a great job. Uh, and I, Adam has been having his guys uh, go over there and assemble all the stuff and make some modifications and install. And, you know, you got to – not everything's going to be perfect. You're going to end up fudging a few things on your own, but it's good things that we have, you know – we have builders on site. We have Adam on site. We have fabricators. Our car guys are over there welding and cutting and being be able to do things like that on site, which you do need a little bit of, right? Don't don't think it says prefab and it's just going to fit right in. It did not fit right in. Like you need to fudge it a little bit. Uh, but got it all to work. Most of everything is installed at this point. We're winning. We're waiting for some finishing touches, some wood end caps and stuff. Uh, so we went out there this weekend to run through some of the stuff and meet with the AV guy about where he's going to do a screen and a projector and and all that. And I cannot tell you how many times Adam was like, "This was a good call. You made a good call on this." Uh, doing all the glass and doing everything. I, he goes, "I know it was pricey. It, it definitely." changes the whole place it just really makes it feel like a world-class museum uh and uh, uh thanks to the guys at view rail for that so it looks fantastic like i said we'll get some photos you know the, we haven't done the floors we're going to do like an epoxy floors give it a little color just a gray something neutral to make the stairs pop the glass pop the cars pop um you know, what we were thinking, too, is some of the displays that we have, we have like Paul Newman cars and Paul Newman racing suits and uh, and even a, a Tom Cruise r- racing suit. And they've been hanging on some of the walls in the shop. And some of the Paul Newman suits have been put in a safe. But the new place uh, is – We've beefed up the security and there's cameras and all that stuff and there's no people welding and, you know, potential for fire. Like everything is done. Oh, shit. (laughs) You know, uh, the the place has like – we have sprinkler systems here but the new place has it all done. And then, uh, by the way, we went with Big Ass Fans. That's the name of the company, Big Ass Fans. And uh, they're they're great. We did uh, a bunch of sort of regular fans all over and then there's two – giant 12-foot fans in the middle of the room. And the way those work are because you have your fire sprinklers. If there's a fire and the sprinklers need to go off, the fans automatically shut down. They're tied into the fire system, right? Because otherwise you would just be – it would be like any one of these California fires. You get a little wind and it spreads all over the place. When yeah. There's no wind. It, it, it slows it down dramatically. So – uh, that's a complicated system as well. They need to come and install those sort of officially like a, you know, one of their certified guys. All the small fans we can install. The big ones have to be done by them because it ties into the fire system and the whole thing. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be badass. It's going to look great getting the AV system installed. And of course, as I'm heading out there, it's a bit of a drive for me. Uh, I'm in the truck. I'm in the Ford Lightning. It's running great. I'm uh, you know, the steering makes all the difference in the world because now you can do 80 miles an hour on the freeway and not bounce all <laughs> over the place and try to, you know, adjust. Yeah, you're just moving the wheel a foot to the left and right, just trying to get it straight down the lane. Now it just kind of it feels so much better uh, doing that. Of course, I, you know, whatever I do, about 35, 40 miles, I get there, I pull into the parking lot. Um, 
I I kind of slap it in reverse and do like a U-turn to get into one of the spots. And right when that happens, I hear a pop and smoke comes out from under the hood. I'm like, oh, man, what's going on here? I was like, ah. And so I, I'm in the parking spot. So luckily I didn't have to drive it. I wasn't doing 80 miles an hour. I didn't have a lot of RPM. I thought the engine just blew. And you'd already pre-planned for disaster by backing into the parking I spot. backed into the spot, which worked out great. I shut it down. I opened the door. I see fluid going everywhere. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's only a handful of fluids it could be. What is it? So my, my thought is, oh, you know, the custom thing we did was steering. So that's most likely to have a failure in it because it was all custom done. So I opened the hood and sure enough, um, power steering line uh, broke. Now, after looking at it some more, we – there was, um, of course, there's the high pressure line and the low pressure. The high pressure is the one that pops. It did not burst the line. The line is fine because I, w- I was thinking to myself and a few guys on Instagram were saying, oh, maybe we should step up to braided lines. Uh, and I was like, oh, let, all for it. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Whatever it's going to prevent mm-hmm. the problem. But here's the thing. The rubber line, which is high pressure – came out of the fitting. It was a custom-made line, and they put it in. They used a special crimping tool, and they get it to work, and they just dropped the ball on making the line. It was an outsourced company, um, and I said, well, what about braided? And they said, you know what? The braided line would be fine if it burst due to pressure, but it didn't, and the, the fitting on the braided line for power steering crimps on basically the same way. So it wouldn't have solved that problem. They said they looked at it. They said, we apologize. It's our fault. We just didn't get the hose in all the way when we made the line. So they're they're fixing it at, at basically their cost other than, you know, time and rental car and whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the hassle is. But at least getting the line done and uh, and installing it is all on them. And they said, we're taking care of it and we'll have it done in a day. But uh, I'm standing there, brand new building, you know, it's all painted up. The guys are going in, you know, looking at the stairs and Adam's there and there's just fluid coming all through the parking lot. You know, the guys out front are doing like the planters and making it all nice and we're going to install a gate over there. And there's just and big. You, you're with power steering fluid and, everywhere. And I got power steering fluid everywhere. And uh, I, I just told Adam, I was like, do you have a hose around here? I'm like, I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to get like, I don't know the 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 oil stain remover and get out there with the, the way to do is you put that stuff on, you hit it with a hose, and then you got to get like a brush, like a like a push broom, and use it as a brush, like a scrub brush. And uh, so I'll go over there and, and clean that up. And Adam's like, "Well, don't I want do it now." Of that. Yeah, he's like, "Well, don't do it now because we have guys coming in and back <laughs> and back and forth and semi trucks and forklifts." And he goes, "So if we're going to clean the lot, he goes, don't worry about it now. It's not something we need to do right away." But uh, but that made a mess. And here's the weird thing: this may be just coincidence of what happened. But I called AAA. They show up with the flatbed. And of course the truck runs. I don't want to overspin or blow out the, you know, uh, heat up the power steering pump. So all we did was, again, if I was doing 80 on the freeway and it blew and the fluid all came out and that pump was spinning, it wouldn't take much to to, to heat the. That's a different story. The, yeah. 
you know, so I just, um, I just flatbed came up. I just fired it up, pulled it out ten feet, and drove it up onto the truck and shut it down. Well, I didn't. The the AAA driver did. So he gets it up on his uh, flatbed, crazy up on an angle like a ramp, like he's trying to launch the thing, like gone in sixty seconds on the bridge, <laughs> and uh, he puts it in park. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he hits the, the emergency brake. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my thought is, especially if you're on an angle like that, put the parking brake down first, let a little tension on the parking brake so you know it's holding, then put it in park so you don't fuck up your transmission. Yeah. yeah. So he puts it in park. He hits the brake. He lets go of the brake. You hear a loud clunk. The truck doesn't move. The truck doesn't move, but I see a spring fire out from back from under the truck. Oh, now, I don't Christ. know. I don't know if that came from my truck or that came from his tow truck, but, <laughs> uh, but it was still sitting there on the back of the truck. And I don't know now if the, if the brake is holding it or the transmission is holding it. Now, a little bit in my mind, I'm thinking – I just got delivery a week ago of the new Bowler transmission from 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 Bowler, so so it's not the end of the world for me. Otherwise, I would have been pissed. But I don't know. It's a little curious. So I found this spring. I put it in the cup holder. I said, "Take my truck over to Gallup and Auto Sports." And uh, lucky for them, they they accept twenty four hour deliveries with their security guard. And then uh, I called uh, Tommy over there. He's the general manager of of Galpin. He's the guy I've been working with on this project. And I said, hey, power steering line. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I I saw your post. We'll get it all taken care of. I said, while you're there, there's a spring in my cup holder. <laughs> Maybe see if you could figure out where that belongs. <laughs> Just as a little secondary issue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of that before. I go, well, I'm kind of hoping it came off this guy's truck. Off his tow truck, not off my truck. So, uh, anyway, we're that was Sunday afternoon, and and now we're uh, we're here and uh, in the studio on Wednesday and recording, and I should be able to pick it up today. They turned it around. Very Easy quickly. fix, man. Yeah, you got yeah. luck. They turned it around quickly for me, but they did me a favor because that place is busy, man. Every time I walk over there, there's just a line of F one fifties and Raptors, just like getting superchargers or or different wheels and tire packages or upgraded shocks. As cool yeah. as the Raptor is, these guys take apart every single Raptor. They swap out all the suspension, oh, yeah. the clearance, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's always fun to see, but of course, every time I go in there, there's a guy there that also has a lightning just like mine, black, 95, his might be 94, but uh, his is black, and they did, Galpin did an LS swap on it, and it looks good, but every time my truck is there, his truck is there. And, and I get it. It's such a custom thing that you're trying to get everything to work. So I go every time I see his truck, I'm like, what's it in for? Because I want to know all the issues he's running. And into. he does the same with yours. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was kind of funny because um, his, there, his swap was done before my truck got worked on. And then when I did um, – I think it was uh, Lear that did the retractable tonneau cover. 
the mm-hmm. power one, which I love. Uh, his didn't have it, and then like like a month later, when I saw his truck in there, his had it. And I go, "Hey, nice title cover." He's like, "Yeah, he saw yours and loved it and and got it." Um, it's not. It's why reinvent the wheel. It's funny because it's not like the swap uh, that I was. I mean, I'm interested in the swap, but that's not what breaks, right? I, I look in his truck and I go, "Oh, he's got aftermarket door panels." So like, yeah, his were mm-hmm. trashed, but now that I saw the aftermarket door panels, they're fine in his truck, but they're not. They're not exactly the same. You know, mine has the original trim. His is molded in, and and I look at his and I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Do you paint this or what do you do there? And then when my air conditioning broke. His was in because his air conditioning broke. <laughs> so now I'm starting to realize you can put any engine you want in there and even upgrade the compressor, but the other components are flawed, right? So although I upgraded most of the components, condenser, receiver, dryer, you know, evaporator, all of that stuff, I'm starting to think a little bit about the under dash unit and the factory controls. Now, I haven't looked under there. I don't know how big or how small it is or what shape it is. But when we do the whole engine and transmission swap, I'm kind of leaning toward just pulling out the factory system that's very dated, putting in a much newer like vintage air system. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also that allows me to go to digital controls. Instead of three Mm -hmm. big floppy dials, Yep. I can I can get the digital controls like from Dakota Digital. I can mm-hmm. and kind of it's it's much more modern. It actually gives me like a temperature reading and, it, and I can adjust it that way. So um, it's it's a thought. I don't know and I haven't put it under there. But the guys at Vintage Air have figured out they've done so many custom builds with hot rod builders all around the country, all around the world. You can and before you go and drop, you know, a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or whatever the whole system's gonna cost, for I don't know, fifty or sixty bucks, they have a mock up unit. So you can get the case just completely empty, just the plastic housing. So you can go and, and like, oh, is it gonna fit under the dash and what are gonna be yeah. the mounting points? And anyway, I love that idea oh, uh, yeah. of being able to do that because uh, as I talked about before, the the engines that I'm building, I have the I have the 302 in my 93 Cobra, and I have the 351 in the Lightning. The heads and the front accessories are all very much the same, but the 351 is a wider engine. So as I'm custom making a supercharger bracket for the Cobra, I want to basically do the same design for uh, for the Lightning. But there's going to be a little bit of adjustments because one engine's a little wider than the other, right? So I might have to just take the brackets that I designed for one of them. If I designed it for the Lightning, then whatever, I just t- bring it down ten percent smaller, for for, other, you know, yeah. yeah, roughly that. But the bolt pattern on the head, right? There's three bolts for the accessories that would mount part of this bracket are the same. That's so, the same. Yeah. So once they get those measurements or get the CAD or whatever, if I make a file of that, then that's going to apply to both the same. So when I go get brackets made, I can say, yeah, here's the 351 version. Here's the 302 version. They're all essentially the same. They both on the same, except one is, you know, an inch shorter or an inch longer than the other, depending Mm -hmm. on the 351 or 302. Anyway, that's kind of the idea to do it that way. Uh, hopefully it saves me some time and 
because I have what I'm finding into the the problem I'm finding with the Mustang Cobra is because the engine is in the car and I'm trying to fit up brackets and stuff to it and custom make it. There's a few things that are very difficult to get to and you can't really measure and you can't take it all apart. So uh, when I mentioned the vintage air mock-up unit, two thoughts is one, the Ford lightning engine is because it's a new engine. I'm building it on an engine stand. I can take all the measurements. And then two, I can get the the foam or the plastic engine block, the 302 version, right? And mm-hmm. I can even swap and bolt on cylinder heads onto that block or get it with mock cylinder heads. So without pulling the engine out of my Mustang Cobra or trying to find another engine, I can just put the 351, the new Dart engine, on an engine stand, get the mm-hmm. plastic block, the 302, on an engine stand next to it, do both the brackets at once, and that that's going to push me much closer to getting the Mustang Cobra done that's been sitting around for about four years. <laughs> anyway, and that, one thing leads to another. I, I, this is my problem-solving mentality is buy a whole new engine for the truck <laughs> so it'll help me fix the, the Mustang. I can't say that I haven't done that before, nor can I say that's the proper mode of operandi, but hey. Now, listen, now, now, hold on a second, because I've been by your place before you moved, and you were working on one of the Dodge, one of the vintage Dodge. I forgot which one it was. You were, what was I doing? You were putting one of the cars together. But you needed a roadmap for all the nuts and bolts, so you bought another one. I, oh, one, yeah. One was the a convertible. G- convertible. And one was a GTX. Yeah, yeah, the GTX. So you, so instead of the, mo- the mock-up engine block that I'm going like, yeah, to I just bought the whole vehicle. For the whole, for 400 bucks, you bought a whole <laughs> other vehicle and used it as, as an engine map. Well, now I you got a cool. Birds, I killed 10 birds with one stone. Yeah, right? so you, you did it. Uh, the way I'm talking about, you just did it on a much larger scale. Uh, truth be told, is over in Adam's shop, the the Roadster that we're building, we have another Roadster, so we can use that. And the 510, we have another 510. So everything can, is a lot of replication of, oh, yeah. of parts, not just fitting parts, but when you see how like the guys from BRE would custom make stuff back in the day. Yep. Now you have a template, like if you're making a heat shield or some hopper for, you know, for coolant overflow or something, you can kind of see what uh, what it is that they're doing. But if you have the ability to do it, it's an it's an unbelievable advantage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. Well, I my ability is much more limited <laughs> than uh, certainly what we've got over over here. What Adam's capable of doing, or even what you're capable of doing. So, but. This is my plan with the engines and the brackets and get to knock two supercharger deals out at once. Um, okay, so also I got an update on that from the guys at Holly. Before I do that, uh, Geico, you know what's really scary? Hmm. Seeing just how much you could have been saving on car insurance by switching to Geico. It's almost as scary as that homemade elf costume your mom made you wear in junior high school. <laughs> well, Geico can't erase the memory of tripping down the hallway in those pointy shoes, but they can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So stop waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night wondering what happened to that one, to that green onesie. Hmm. Well, just switch to Geico and save. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. I don't know who gets the credit for that ad, but I'm giving it to Chris. Good job, Chris. 
Way to go, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> go burn your onesie. <laughs> this little green onesie. Um, I had a nice conversation with our friends at Holly. Uh, I've been uh, friends with those guys for over a decade, and uh, I've always been a big supporter of the project and stuff that we've done over here. Comp cams as well, by the way. And as much as you think that like comp cams on many levels is is competitive to them, but when I first started out doing this, I doing the podcast for 11 years in the automotive space, like 15 years officially, something like that, 14, 15 years. One of the first calls I made was to uh, a guy at Comp Cams, and he said, welcome to the industry. We'd love to help you out. Also, call my buddy Bill at Holly because uh, if I'm in, he'll be in or vice versa. Let's see. Let's make it happen. And I've been friends with those guys ever since for a decade and a half. So. Uh, spoke to uh, great people, both companies. Uh, fantastic. Spoke to Comp Cams. They're uh, they're coming on board to help me with my engine. We've designed a custom blower cam for this thing, um, up to you know, just sort of a combination of what I wanted and their specs. We were able to come up with something. By the way, their their cam techs are are top notch, man. You guys need a custom cam. You just call them. You run it through what you're doing. Try to give them as much information as possible. The size of your engine, the size of the heads. You don't need the flow spec of the heads, but if you tell them, hey, I'm using you know, a Dart Pro 1 225cc, like they, they've got an idea of what that, what that means. They have a pretty good idea <laughs> of what that means. Compression, supercharged, not supercharged, nitrous, turbo, whatever you're doing. And uh, they'll get you there. Flat tap head, roller, hydraulic roller, whatever you want. So we designed a cam. Um, I'm I'm going to go uh, – maybe it's overkill, but maybe not. Uh, the roller rocker setup, I want to do a shaft mount rocker setup. Uh, just much better stability in there. Um, because we've already invested so much on the full aluminum dart block and the heads and the whole thing. And, and uh, I, I just don't want it to be a weak link in the system. So getting all of that done – and then it came down to uh, we were talking about the different intakes and do you use the Holly, do you use the GT40 and, and all that. So I'm still waiting for the GT40 intake. And when I see it, I'll make a final decision. I'd like to use it, uh, but uh, we'll know when we see it. But talked to the guys at Holly, went through all of their fuel injection systems, Terminator, Terminator X, Dominator, and we we came up with a – Holly Terminator X EFI system that will control this engine. And with the right harness, it will completely control the transmission, the electronic transmission. And although they have a Ford spec system, uh, EFI, uh, for the Mustangs and 351s, and it has the right injector harness, they do have the harness that adapts that EFI to the GM4L80E, right? So no problem with that. And I can control everything with one system. I talked to Ray at Full Throttle Customs. He's been doing the tuning, and he said, don't worry about it. I can take care of it. It's all going to be fine. You don't need the big Dominator system. We can make it work with the Terminator X Max. There's a Terminator X Max. And uh, sort of the the nice middle-of-the-range uh, system for the for EFI. It's not the basic and it's not the top. Um, but I just told the guys at Holly, just give me what I need. You know, like we don't need to go overkill because I don't want to sit here and tell everybody they need a 
$2,200 Holly <laughs> EFI system. And that's before you, you buy all the harnesses and everything else. And like yeah. for 1200 bucks, you can get the package with all of the harnesses and stuff. Uh, so it's a, it's a great, it's a great retrofit for the Fox body Mustangs and it's going to work fine for, for this truck. So getting that all dialed in, um, this was the decision we came down with is with all of the fuss that's been happening with the gauges and that piece on behind the gauges that controls the shifting and, and the speedo and, 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 and the ABS light and the speedo jiggles around all the time. And as much as I'd like to have the dash somewhat period correct, the whole thing's a pain in the ass. And it just seems like, again, we talk about a weak link in the system. I don't want that to end up being the weak link. So uh, took some measurements, talked to Holly, and we're going to do their pro dash, the digital dash. I won't, get, I can't get the big twelve point three, which looks amazing. So I'm going to get the six point eight nine digital dash in there, and uh, we'll just have to custom mount it. And it's interesting, Bill, because when we were talking about a second ago, the other Lightning that Galpin built that has the LS swap. That guy, he's not using Holly Pro EFI, but. There's no way the Ford system dash would work with that. So mm-hmm. he has just a like a hot rod dash, like a Dakota Digital, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, gauge package, you know. And I, I don't it, – it works great and it looks good. There's like a weird kind of like oval shape to it that I don't really care for and it has like a chrome trim and I think it should be blacked out. So I would have done things like a little bit differently, but I would have still probably used like an over-the-counter – pretty built dash like they used um, from Dakota Digital. I like those guys a lot. Um, but I, I think that the Holly Pro Dash is going to be is going to be the thing, and the idea of it being completely programmable now. So if I'm doing a track day, I can just switch it to like all my temp controls, my uh, gauges, and and RPM, and not really worry about you know. A speedo or whatever, and then on the street, I can do a street configuration. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be more better. <laughs> Is there any area on this vehicle that you can still refer to as keeping original? Because I remember, yeah, in the beginning, yeah. the onset of this project, you were much more leaning towards keeping an original than than where we are now. I don't and know what you're talking about. I never, I never heard leads, that before. One thing leads to another, <laughs> which leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And you have to rectify weak links. Yeah. And what happens when you rectify weak links? You end up replacing the original equipment. <laughs> yeah. So what is original on this vehicle still? The seats, other than the sheet metal. Okay. The seats are original. Now, don't laugh because the seats Hard. are very specific to this vehicle and i even thought about and i had discussions with a with a big seat company about swapping them out and i think i would have just gotten too much flack from the lightning audience not to mention everyone would be like where's your seats i want to buy them i want to buy them because that's a big item to buy is oh eventually it, you'll change them yeah probably but for now no, <laughs> actually they're gone they I, might you might as well start unbolting them now i i have a uh, I you know I've at home I have like a steam cleaner and it has the handheld kind of steam clean you know uh, upholstery thing and uh, I did that uh, like last uh, Friday or Thursday Friday so I was making sure I they look good and I was kicking around I was like well it's 25 years old do I keep the seat covers and redo the foam 
have them kind of done up that way. I don't know yet, but I, I we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how guaranteed after go. you take that on autocross or something one time. One time. One time. You'll put new seats in it. I'll probably put new seats in it. But then there's the other thing where I'm like, you know, new seats. And the theme, of course, on the interior was uh, there's a lot of peer-to-correct stuff. And we modernize things like the audio system's great. And it's got front and rear cameras and reverse camera. All that stuff actually works really well. Because that came original on the 94 Lightning. But I'm telling you, it's so much easier with all of that (laughs) stuff. Exactly. It's so much easier with all that stuff. It's the, the electronics, modernizing the electronics and having it actually work. My God, what a difference. What a night and day difference. Um, So I, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about if we get the nice fancy press cars, I'm like, Oh, these seats are heated and they're cooled. They're cool. They're, they're, you know, heated. And more more importantly, they'll keep you in the seat. Yeah, that's they'll, the most they'll keep important you in the part. Seat. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't know. The bodywork is all stock. The hood is stock. Like I said, other than sheet metal, yeah. what's original in the car? I don't know, but I, but I keep trying to talk to uh, Dave at uh, Speedcore about doing the carbon hood and doing it so that wouldn't be stock. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen but because he, he doesn't return yeah. my calls because I keep lowballing him on that Mustang convertible that uh, that I want to buy from him as well, and he's like, "Yeah, we don't we don't need your chump change. We need real money. We don't need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, that <much>. we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And he doesn't he doesn't want to like call me back and be like, "Listen, stop lowballing me on that car." But uh, I don't know. We'll see. All we'll I see can tell that. you is I got a wonderful call from him over the weekend, and it kind of went like. Hey, Bill, you know, I was thinking, um, do you mind if your entire car, if your entire charger is carbon fiber? If we just don't do the fenders and the, do you mind if we do? I, I'm like, really? Is this some kind of a trick quest? What are we, what's going on here? So, yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's the update I got from the, from the speed core guys. Oh, about so, the so he wants to do like the roof and the, C pillars and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm imagining replicating what they did with the all wheel drive that we saw at at you know in the Magnaflow booth when well, there was the same. I I don't know if that was completely carbon. Wasn't a hundred percent. No, it was, but but here's the thing: is we talked to them about uh, them working with Classic Recreations on doing the '68 Mustang, and they did the yep. entire unibody at a carbon yep. and. I don't know if Speedcore teased it, but I think Ralph Jills did, and they're doing a vintage Charger. The whole unibody is carbon, and yep. now that I think they're figuring it out that it's possible and uh, how to do it, I think now they're they're leaning on you, going, "Oh, well, maybe we should do a Charger version of this." Okay, because it would basically be the the third full unibody car that I know of that we know of. Yeah. That that they've done, but now that they're figuring out that it is possible, yeah. And then you go to the you you go you know backstory. It's like okay, I was getting the car in a month. Mm-hmm. Now, hmm, we're looking probably like six more months. Well, awesome. look, you got to wait for your garage to be done anyway. <laughs> Where are you going to put everything? <laughs> It's not like you can leave that thing outside. I know you want to drive it. You got other stuff. You got a TRX in the mail. Well, the good thing is, is that the car's uh, already up in Wisconsin, so um, the next next step's going to be taken. So the uh, mechanically, she's done. 
It's good. It sounds fantastic. Like you said, you got the uh, the Dodge, you got the T Rex coming, the T Rex in in the mail. Uh, they were starting to do some press drives. I haven't driven it yet. Um, a lot of the it's embargoed, but the guys I've talked, I to, saw the stuff over the weekend, I, and I was pissed that I wasn't invited to and, that. One. And and me too, actually. It's kind of interesting. I don't know where they went. I probably didn't have time, but um, but the uh, you know the invitation would have been nice. I think it was Utah. I, I'm not positive where it was. Um, yeah, but everybody I talked to said it's embargoed. I can't tell you anything, but holy shit, that's all. Exactly. That's, that's all they've been saying. Um, speaking of uh, car news, I got some Mustang updates for you. But uh, before we hit that, Madison Reed, Mister. So if you're working your home, let's say you're working from home, and uh, staring at you and your coworkers, you got gray hair on your video calls. Well, are you thinking about coloring it? Well. If so, you're not no. alone. You're not alone. Not, maybe not the top of your head, Bill, but maybe, I don't know, we can get, get a little something in that beard. Uh, yeah. Madison, Re- Madison Reed Mister. It's gray blending natural color for your hair and beard. See? I saw the before and after shots, and uh, Adam's talked about it. I think he puts a little in his hair. They look great. It's no uh, shoe polish look. It looks good. It looks very natural. So maybe you just want a little more pepper and a little less salt. Well, Madison Reed Mister makes it easy to find your color match on their website. It's quick and easy. Just apply the color gel to your hair, then the activator. You wait about 10 minutes, then rinse and shampoo. Plus, uh, they deliver right to your door. Go to MadisonReedMister.com. That's Madison Reed M Arts. It's uh, Madison Reed is R E E D M R dot com. Use code Corolla for ten percent off plus free shipping on your first box. Again, that's code Corolla. Check that out. All right, so uh, we talked about just an update on some news. We got some. Uh, uh, first off was uh, Corvette C8. Um, it's getting a lot of uh, unnecessary attention because they halted production on it because there's some uh, there's some a parts shorted due to COVID related illness. I guess the parts got ill. Um, it was interesting because it, it was all over. They're like C8 production halted, and then when you read the details, you're like it's it's halted for like a week. It's going to be fine. It's not really going to hold up much of anything. It's big so, news. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's big news. It's funny because we're kind of low on new car news, so there's not a lot. So when C8 production is halted for a few days, Grab a hold of that it, one it's all run. over the place. Um, but here is, the, here is the news. The news is uh, as we're recording this today on Wednesday, you'll listen to this tomorrow. Uh, what is today? The 14th? Today is the 14th. Uh, October 14th. Which, by the way, 73 years ago to the day, Chuck Yeager made his uh, record-breaking flight, breaking the sound barrier, which is Mach 1. Well, Ford timed it that you can go to the dealer, you can call your dealer, and you can order your 2021 Mustang Mach 1. The price is 51720 bucks plus eleven ninety five destination delivery. And... This car is a great we, – we'll get into more of the specs later. I'm not going to – we're going to run out of time here. But the GT350 is basically done. You can get one. You can get the Heritage Edition, but it's not coming back for next year. GT500 we know is 80 to 100 grand. And the Mustang, although great, the one that I was always kind of in love with 
was the Mustang Bullet because the Bullet had a little more extra horsepower. It had like the GT350 intake and revised Magna Ride and rev matching. Uh, you know, it lacked the Tremec transmission from the GT350, but it mm. but the manual had rev matching just wasn't quite as beefy and it just you know for 50ish thousand dollars you were able to get something a little bit better than a performance pack GT but not quite a, a full bore GT350 um mm. and now that that car is gone so the bullet is done and the GT350 is done the Mach 1 fits into this 51 52000 range and they were able to learn quite a bit from the GT350 and even the GT500 for one it has the upgraded Tremec manual transmission you can get the 10 speed auto but you got the Tremec so now you get a beefier transmission the 6 speed manual but mm-hmm. and for the first time the Tremec manual has rev matching that you can turn on and off. So that's kind of cool. There have been revisions to the suspension, to the Magna Ride. It's been revisions to the cooling system, transmission, oil cooling, uh, revisions to the aerodynamics, more downforce, uh, uh, better splitter, more diffuser, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. gurney flap, um, really, really cool stuff. Now, I know a lot of people are asking why no shaker hood scoop. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I, I could be a packaging thing. It could be an arrow thing. It could have been there was no way to to make it work under the hood and and actually be functional. And at this point in time, I just don't want. I don't think they wanted to do a scoop for the for the sake of a scoop and not have it be functional. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool what they did back in like the 2004 Mach ones. Where the the scoop was functional, but e- even then there was a little trick that because it, it looked good and, and the the scoop was sort of flush with the hood, uh, there was sort of a, a an easy modification where you can adjust the screws and it would lift it a little bit higher out of out of the hood. Out and, of the hood, and and the reason why is is because that air coming over the hood wasn't really going into the scoop. The way it was just bouncing off and kind of going up. Um, it didn't mean the engine wasn't getting air because the engine would also pull air from the fender well. The the hood was just sort of an addition. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's still as cool as it looked and it had a little bit of a function to it. It wasn't really that functional. So I think these guys were thinking uh, they just didn't want to invest into whatever it's going to make to make it functional and, and, and have it be – no real increase in performance and 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 probably cause a little bit of drag and not really benefit arrow so they wanted to make which is hopefully their best handling mustang package out there uh, aside from the GT500 they want this thing to i i would say essentially outperform the GT350 although that had more power not a power issue just a handling issue but I could imagine that the aftermarket is going to jump all over this. They're going to come up with different hood scoops and some functional and some not functional, and we'll come up with something mm-hmm. cool. And so if you really want that luck, I'm sure you're going to be able to get that luck. You're just not going to be able to get it from the factory for now. Who knows what they're going to do in the future. But what I do like is my point about this is, other than you can go in and order it, is I like how these cars are getting better each year within the lineup. They're learning from the cars that are coming mm-hmm. out there. They're right? more refined. That's it. It's, we're getting updates on cars 
year after year. So typically you have a car for what, like a five-year run, right? And then it gets a facelift or something like that or a little power bump. And after 10 years, it gets whatever, a new platform. Let's just, for the sake of argument, give it that sort of time frame. But what we're seeing is, you know, uh, you know, even even the, the 2020 GT350, the last of the GT350s that you can get now has significant upgrades over the one that came out in whatever 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, it has steering components, rack and steering knuckles from the GT500 because they proved those to be better. So now yeah. the GT350 looks exactly the same as it did when it came out a few years ago, but there are differences year over year. No question. I mean, we talked about the new Toyota Supra, that being one of the biggest jumps. They took the Toyota Supra with three, I don't know, 335 horsepower, and they made it 390 horsepower the second year to really kind of just screwed everyone in the first year. But, uh, (laughs) well, it screwed everyone who paid the dealer markup is what it did. But but I like the – Even superstar. I I like the incremental updates, and it's basically what we've always wanted the car companies to do back in the day when they're like, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday. We want. What well, seems to- like they're there. We we get response out imme- immediately now, as opposed to having to wait for it longer periods of time. Number one, and if you keep the same platform, you got more R and D, you know, for future upgrades and refinement of the vehicle because you're still building the same car, but yeah, in and- essence, you're not. And in each year of its five-year run, it gets a little better, which is nice. Yeah, it gets absolutely. a little better, right? I should and, hope so. You know, they got to be they got to be learning from mistakes. So. Yeah, so I, I I like that about it. The I think the Mach One looks good. Can't wait to get in it uh, uh, and drive it sort of firsthand and sort of compare it to. You know, I've driven all of the the Mustangs, so I have a pretty good idea of. Of how it will fit into that lineup, but uh, the Mustang Bullet is one of the most uh, bang for the bucks for f- you know fifty fifty one grand whatever it is. Uh, I always thought when when and I test drove that years ago when it came out. Um, let's see. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up, uh, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Travis Pastrana. I, you work with him on the Evil Knievel Live thing, right? When he did the big crazy jumps. I don't know how much interaction you had with him while he was. As you guys were prepping for the show, because you were in the booth commentating, and he was kind yeah, of yeah, not around. not a lot, but I've, a lot. I've, I've, I've you know run into Travis a number of times throughout the years. But yeah, he's been yeah. over here as well, and Adams talked to him, and it's just just a fantastic guy, super nice, great guy. kids, and uh, always doing some crazy crazy shit. I remember going to uh, X Games, and Tanner was there, and Travis was there, and they were doing the the rally cross stuff and mm-hmm. and I, I saw tanner come in i think he won his heat he came in and then we were talking and we were ford had us there and one of their motorhomes just kind of watching and then he came in and then travis came in with his subaru and he did a great job but he didn't win he gets out of the car he has a broken foot he did the whole thing with a cast on <laughs> <laughs> and and it was kind of like I don't know it was like painted to look like a shoe to not be as yeah. obvious it had like I don't know it was like yeah. a it was like a Sparco sponsored cast or something yeah. and he's like don't tell anybody I have a broken foot and he was running the, the whole the whole time with a big with a big cast on his, on his foot they're nuts man they're a different breed 
So he wants to do a Gymkhana video, and I don't know what he's done in the past in regards to this, but I think he's teaming up with the guys at Hoonigan and Ken Block. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to do a Gymkhana video with a Subaru, but for the first time, they were able to make a purpose-built vehicle. This isn't uh, mm-hmm. this isn't one of the drift cars or the rally cars or anything like that that they sort of – uh, queued up a, for the listening video. to it it's a souped up washing machine that's what it sounds like it, but anyway it, go ahead it's a badass car it's it's it, a badass it, car it is what it is yeah it's it, the coolest subaru you're ever gonna see they but it's still a subaru, subaru. But, i'm sure it's but, gonna have crazy the, the horsepower coolest part I saw, the coolest thing that i saw about that clip was a guy like travis being at the top of his game um having all the talent in the world cutting edge shit he's doing each time he goes out in a car yet he's learning something brand new and you could see the enthusiasm and the excitement and you watch his progression over a 10 minute period of time or whatever it is and you're like jesus christ that would take me a year or a week or whatever it is you know it's it's cool it's cool to watch him be like a kid again he's always going to be a kid but to learn to see a guy in real time like that learn new stuff and ha- be as exciting and as good as he is, it's pretty cool. Well, definitely check out the car. Just Google anywhere, Travis Pastrana, Jim Kana, Subaru, and you're going to see this crazy Batmobile-looking thing with wings on the sides, and and uh, it's, it's really over the top. And it's crazy-looking as it is, especially those front fenders. They wind tunnel tested it and they made it work. I'm I'm sure they went for a little bit of a dark night kind of Batman flair to it and they said, Well, it's still well, Yeah, work. and all the Subaru guys are gonna abs- and the tuner guys are gonna freak out over. It. They're gonna love it. You yeah. Know, it's like it's- the Mustang that that uh you know our boy did in the first one, uh, which ab- yeah. that all wheel drive. And I you know what? I think Kyle Tucker built that car. Oh, did he? The uh Detroit the- I think Detroit Speed built Hoonigan's that, that Mustang. Mustang, that all-wheel drive Mustang. I do believe. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. when he It did- was really cool information to me to hear that. And I don't doubt it for any mm-hmm. stretch of imagination. But it wasn't the initial fit that I thought would be possible. But I'm curious. I'm going to reach out to Kyle and talk to him about that. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting to find out a little bit more about that. I saw that car when it debuted. It, they did the video, and then I went and I saw the car at uh, – it was like a Jim Connor launch, you mm-hmm. know, like a private launch event for the video. And it was initially uh, naturally aspirated, and now I believe it's got twin turbos on it coming out of the hood, big crazy turbos. That's one of the coolest vehicles I've ever seen in the world. It really is kind of cool, yeah. Actually, he did his truck too, his, his Hoonigan truck. Oh, yeah. It's not uh, as cool as the car, it's but cool it's pretty cool. Car. It's not as cool as the car, but um, but anyway, interesting stuff. Well, listen, we're, we're we're running out of time here. There's more new stuff. We'll just get to it next week. But uh, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. I want to make sure I got everything done here. <laughs> get all my notes. Get everything done. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. I'll give you guys some more updates. I'll post some pictures of the new shop and uh, and the truck and all kinds of stuff up on uh, up on social media. And I'm kind of hoping we can uh, maybe in in a few weeks or so we can get uh, get Dave uh, Salvaggio back on the line and find out what the plan is about this car. This top secret thing is he, is he going to tell you what color it's going to do? Is he going to uh, you get any of the design details? Maybe he's got some renderings. I think renderings. it's going to be a gray with some red 
in it, and he's got a lot of things up his sleeve. And hey, I've never seen any any creation that they've put out that I didn't think was as cool as hell. So, well, when he you know. when he gets some idea or gets a rendering together, we should we should have him come in and and uh, and debut that rendering here, so we can see what it's going to look like. As a matter of fact, Absolutely. he shouldn't even show it to you. He should send it to yeah. he should send it to Chris <laughs> and. Chris should put it up here for the first time with Dave on the air to make it exciting. Well, you guys are going to have to make that happen then because I won't call him and do that. Uh, I will uh, I will definitely reach out to him and then make him another offer. And <laughs> <laughs> on that note. And that note. Keep the spare. Yeah, thanks, guys. Keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Thanks so much for listening to CarCast. We appreciate uh, you guys hanging with us again and again and all the nice uh, reviews and ratings up on iTunes. And I uh, appreciate you guys hitting me up on my social media, up on Moderator and uh, commenting on the shows and the posts. Uh, the show, of course, brought to you by GEICO. And you know what's really scary? Seeing just how much GEICO could be saving you on car insurance by switching. Well, it's almost as scary as that homemade elf costume your mom made you wear in junior high school. Well, Geico can't erase the memory of tripping down the hallway in those pointy shoes, but they can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So stop waking up at night in a cold sweat wondering what happened to that green onesie. Switch to Geico now, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance.